0: Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Ariella Coleman who is here to talk to us about developing a business while practicing law. We're excited to be talking to a healthcare regulatory lawyer who's based in California. She's the founder of the Wellness Esquire, which is focused on shifting the legal culture to recognize and value the connection between well-being and success. That's such an important topic. I'm so glad that we're going to be exploring it in relation to developing a business. So welcome, Ariella. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just delve into this and talk a little bit about how you came to be in this field and wanting to have a business that related to wellness. What was the impetus for developing it?
1: So the Wellness Esquire idea came to me really just a few months ago, maybe half a year at this point. What got me there was I had this moment where I was thinking about how grateful I am now to have all these wellness practices in my toolbox that I find tremendously helpful and really just critical for my ability to comfortably and happily and healthily go through my life. And and then I had this moment after that thought where I was like, oh man, it would have been so nice if I knew how to do any of this stuff when I was in law school or earlier in my career, or maybe even when I was 12. So I kind of had that, you know, those sets of thoughts. And then As I started connecting with attorneys all around the world during COVID using LinkedIn in a way that I never had before, I came to discover that I felt like, for the most part, the attorneys who seemed to be happiest, most fulfilled, and most successful in whatever way they define success, because by the way, success can be different for everybody, I felt like they all had some sort of wellness practice. And it didn't mean that every day was perfect and that they were always, you know, kind of, that they had a perfect routine that just never went. Sideways, it meant that they had something to fall back on and to help them through the especially stressful and challenging times. But what I also found in talking to all these people is that most of them, myself included, didn't discover any of these wellness tools until things got too stressful and we just kind of had no other choice but to pause and figure out how to manage life a little better. And so I just felt like, wow, (laughs) well, what if we could actually help people? proactively put together some practices that'll help them navigate life and career. And if not proactively, then at least, you know, we can just guide people along and feel supported in their journey of putting together these practices. And so that's really where the idea stems from. And very much contrary to my nature as a recovering perfectionist, I decided to just give it a try and and see what happened with it. And so I had this idea and with my husband's encouragement, which luckily he's not an attorney. So he has a very different approach at business. So he taught me that you just have to try different things and see what works and perfection is not the goal here. And so I just decided, all right, I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to call it the wellness Esquire and
0: see where it goes. So when we talk about wellness in the legal field it's one of the things that raises a lot of questions about mental health and about depression and anxiety and that type of thing. So when you're talking about this toolbox of things that you were able to use did you want to look at specifically those types of traditional mental health issues how is it percolating in your mind?
1: Everything. It's mental health, it's physical health, it's social well-being, financial. I mean it's everything that can Cause stress for you. There are so many ways that we get stress in our lives. One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about as I build the Wellness Esquire is bringing people together. How can I really build a community so people feel supported? Because I think social well being is absolutely critical for our overall health and wellness. And so, you know, even before the pandemic, we were dealing with a loneliness epidemic. And in the world, and then especially in our legal industry, people often feel really isolated. And if some large number of percentage of people in our industry are dealing with depression or anxiety or feeling suicidal, the numbers tell us that we're not alone. But if we don't talk about these things, we still feel alone. And so one of the things that I've been doing is hosting conversations so that people can come together, realize they're not alone, have these vulnerable conversations in a safe and supportive and compassionate environment where we can reach out and offer support. We ask for support. I can really talk about what's going on in our lives and not pretend like everything needs to be you know, sunshine and flowers all the time.
0: I think you've really touched on why this is a very important topic. Like we obviously know it's an important topic, but I think you're touching on a broader aspect of it, which is that underneath it all, there is a need for connection. There is a need for a social community that you can really connect with on a deeper level. And I think that goes to creating the health that we're talking about with the wellness exquire. So what do you think often gets in the way of people showing up and wanting to do this? What would be something that you think is a an impediment to that?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is we have stigma attached to mental health, for example, and even physical health, to be honest, we have stigma attached to men talking about their emotions. There's kind of a sense that if you speak up about something that you're struggling with, that that's going to show you as being that you're going to look weak that maybe you can't perform. And that's, in my opinion, just not necessarily the case. And so I think we have a lot of people who feel like they have to just put up a, a strong front and pretend like everything's fine and pretend that they're not struggling in the slightest and that they're not human. We're so concerned about making sure that we climb the ladder and that we fit into this box. And so we often just find ourselves pretending that we're more okay than we are so that we can be accepted. In fact, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's an attorney and he he loves what I'm doing, but he knows he's not actually ready to join these conversations. Because he's still working through for himself that it's okay for him to have these emotions. And it was a really interesting conversation because he's noting that he needs help, that he's struggling, that things are hard, and that he needs support. But he's not at the point yet where he feels comfortable actually speaking that to a group of humans. And I can't blame him.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. I I think we can tie that maybe back into what you mentioned at the very beginning, which is about the definition of success. And I think with lawyers, we have this very inflated idea of what success has to look like, and we very much buy into it. And then as we go down the road, we're finding out that maybe it doesn't fit for us, it doesn't work for us. And then we end up in a position where we're very unhappy, but we're not sure what to do about it. And yet we've got ourselves on this track. And I think that could be part of what you're seeing too with people is that it takes a while to get that personal definition of success. How would you define success? How would you say and encourage people to look at that?
1: So you bring up a really great point. And I would say everyone should think of a definition that works for them. And it may also differ for each project. This is a new thing for me to think about. And in fact, the way I've been practicing defining success for myself has actually been through the Wellness Esquire. When I first started it, I decided that success, at least at that point, was going to be just doing this, just trying something, putting myself out there in a public way that might lead me to get judged, or that I couldn't publicly make a mistake or have a typo up on my website or just be imperfect.
0: I love that. That is amazing, (laughs) Ariella, especially for a recovering perfectionist. Like that must have been such a leap to be able to go, okay, I'm just going to do this. And that's such an encouraging thing for people that want to start a business to hear, you don't have to be perfect. So tell us, yeah. like how did that feel? You put it up there and how did it go? Oh, it was fantastic.
1: I think one of the things that led to that or really boosted my ability to get to that point is that I'm really lucky to be part of a wonderful community that is supportive. And so when I had this idea and then I went and I told a couple of groups of, of attorneys that I'm in and really not knowing what the what to expect, how they would react. And everyone was incredibly supportive. And one of them actually told me, all right, cool. You're going to launch on October 15th. This was September, by the way. That's essentially when I had the idea. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I'm actually doing this. All right. And it was fantastic. And then fast forward to, I don't even remember what month this was. Maybe it was November. It might've been December. At this point had teamed up with two really phenomenal trial attorneys, both men, both with 25 years of experience each who had launched Iron Advocate, which is just a phenomenal community. And their motto essentially is how to kill it in the law without it killing us. We teamed up. Our first conversation was focused on imposter syndrome and talking about fear and anxiety and all the things that kind of can get in the way of us fulfilling our dreams and finding the success that we want. And so a day or two, I think before doing that webinar with the two of them, my husband said to me, jokingly. So do you wish that you had waited until the whole Wellness Esquire thing was absolutely perfect before you launched? Because if you had, you never would have been doing this event where over 100 people are registered and you're getting great feedback. This never would be happening. And I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting point. Okay. So we have got to get rid of this perfectionist mentality because it's really stopping me from trying new things, stepping out of my comfort zone, and putting myself out there in a way that is really important to me. Because a lot of what I'm doing, my mission is to help people. (laughs) This is a passion project for me that's mission-based, and it's important. I, I really believe that for members of our industry to create sustainable and fulfilling careers, we need to have a culture shift. And we need to change our environment so that people feel a little bit bigger and safer to speak up about their needs. If they need accommodations, if they're not getting the support that they would benefit from, if something about their lifestyle is impacting you know, something about their work schedule, if they're dealing with a mental health issue or a physical health issue or a family issue, if they need to change their schedule because now they've got three kids and it's too much <laughs> or whatever it is, I think we really need to acknowledge that we're human beings and that the way that we're working is driving too many people into the ground. It's driving people out of the law, even if they're phenomenal attorneys, even if they have the potential to be phenomenal attorneys, but we're often not creating that environment so that people can really thrive and create sustainable careers. It's, it's great if you sort of feel like you're successful for a couple of years, but then what if you burn out? <laughs> you know, let's find a way so that we can all stay in our jobs and our careers in a way that really feeds our soul. And that makes us feel good about what we're doing with our days.
0: So if I tie that back then into what we were talking about in terms of developing a business, what I hear from you is that this really started as a passion and a mission, and that's what really gave you the impetus to do this. And then what came along was your support. You had a network that was behind you, and it didn't have to be perfect. It just had to be supported, and it had to be something that people believed in with you. And it sounds like with that extra little bit of we're behind you kind of thing, you took that leap and you started with your network. Network. You have made affiliations with people that have a like-minded mission and value and are encouraging and also supportive of this idea of wellness in the law, which until recently really hasn't been something that's been coming to the forefront. So tell me a little bit about these meetings that you're having, these gatherings where people are coming together and how that's working. How are you structuring it? I hear that the perfectionism is going out the window. So how have you set this up?
1: I'm doing a few things and it's all kind of, um, you know, I'm on a journey. So, what I'm doing today may be different next month. But for now, uh, what I've started to do with this new year is to host a monthly chit chat check in for attorneys and law students, which is really a casual opportunity for anyone who's interested to just come together and talk about how they are doing. I think that a lot of us. Ask people, how are you, as an extension of hello, which is sort of a a more formal way of saying hi. But we don't often stick around to really find out the answer. I think it's important that we actually ask people the question and get to know the answer if people want to share the answer. And so this is just a chance for people who to just talk about what's going on with them, whether it's positive, whether it's negative. If you want to come and speak and and share your story, you're welcome to. If you also want to just come and sit back and even have your camera off and just listen to other people
0: and realize that
1: you're not alone. That's also fine.
0: This is yeah. people across the world. Everybody come.
1: Everybody. It's it's attorneys and law students and all genders, all specialties all around the world. And one of the things that's made me realize what I really want to focus on, at least for now, is the community aspect, is the fact that I have people who are across the globe from me in very different time zones who are staying up past midnight Sometimes to try to join these conversations tells me that we don't have enough community, that people are feeling too alone. I'd rather you sleep. But what I'm hearing, if you're staying up way past your bedtime and you're drinking coffee so you can try to stay up past your bedtime, is that this is your only access to feeling part of something that's a big deal to me. And I'm taking that quite seriously. And so I'm I'm also trying to figure out, all right, you know, what what other times can I offer these conversations? And how can I make this as inclusive for anyone who wants to join? And it's been a really fantastic experience so far. And in addition to those monthly chit chat check-ins where there's no theme, it's really just how are you? (laughs) That's that's the theme. I've also been hosting weekly check-ins where there's a monthly theme And so in January, we focused on self-reflection. This month, we're focusing on self-compassion and self-worth. Can I just ask,
0: what does that look like when you focus on a topic?
1: So far, the the way these conversations really look is that I start off the conversation. And I also, you know, when I open all of these conversations, I let people know, feel free to do whatever feels good for you. If you want to share, feel free. If you want to just listen, feel free. I can talk to a wall for a day. So don't feel pressure to speak up. I want you to feel comfortable to do so if you want to. I open up the conversations, usually sharing an example of of how I made sure to show myself some self-compassion or you know, the way I've noticed a transition in myself and in sort of my practice of self-compassion more recently. And so depending on the theme, I'll just kind of share why I think that theme is important, why I chose it, how impactful I think it is, and how sort of focusing on that theme or that topic will help us all with our overall happiness and fulfillment and success and, and all of it. And as I said, I'll share an example and talk about the importance of it. And then I'll open it up to see for other people to have the opportunity to share their experiences. And these um, are an hour
0: long? Sometimes they go a little longer if I or, or we have have the time. Just going back to what you said at the very beginning when you were saying that part of the reason that you went into this is that you wish you'd had the toolbox of different wellness things that you developed over time. Are you bringing any of that toolbox into any of this part of your business as you're developing it? Is it part of the conversations or is it going to be something separate? I know you have a blog and that is up and running. It has been for some time. How does the toolbox fit into all of this?
1: Great question. So as with all of this, it's a work in progress and I'm figuring it all out. So right now I have a blog that where I share information and other contributors, law students and attorneys share information of their own wellness journeys, what works for them. I also have on my website resources, different apps that I find really helpful for breath work, for example, or meditation, the whole website full of resources. I also have been starting to organize workshops, so that anyone who's interested in for example developing more of a growth mindset we can you know focus on that or for people who are who want a morning routine and an evening routine but have no idea where to start we focus on that and i do also sometimes incorporate some of my practices into the discussions just you know depending on the topic and just depending on where the conversation flows to i'm doing something myself realize how impactful it is for me and then go on LinkedIn or go to my website and just announce it without thinking it through a ton, which is a you know, brand new way of thinking
0: for me. Just going back over what we've talked about, you've developed these different monthly talks, the weekly talks, you have the blog, you've reached out to the network and you've formed an affiliation with other people to work with. I know when we were talking before, you also mentioned that you're beginning to talk at law schools as well, and you have the webinars happening. So all of these different things that we're talking about are things that people can use to bring a passion to a a business that they develop alongside what they're doing with their legal career. So everything that we're talking about today, though, I see that there has to be for you personally, a very big passion and a mission that has to accomplish this. So would you add anything else that you see your business doing in the future that you have in mind that you haven't implemented yet?
1: It's a good question. You know, the thing that I'm really focused on right now is you mentioned, well, I'm focused on all of it, you know, especially the community building and and making sure that resources are available to people. So one of the things that I'm working on is actually collecting more mental health resources. Um, just have available on my website. And so I've been fortunate that people are just finding my, my website and saying, you know, hey, I'm a mental health resource. Can you put me up there? And I'm like, yes, please, cool. But as you mentioned, something else that I'm doing is I'm starting to be invited to law schools to speak about, especially if I go back and redo law school. What would I do differently? <laughs> what do I wish I had known back then? And so it's been really just a delight to have the opportunity to speak with law students. Law school's hard enough in the best of times, and so I'm really trying to pull together some opportunities to make them feel, you know, one of the things that I'm finding really valuable is just having these really open, vulnerable conversations with, in in these cases, with the law students and really understand what are they struggling with. And there's a lot. And giving them the opportunity to just speak openly, their stresses and what's freaking them out about the future It seems to help them with their stress, first of all. (laughs) Um, Definitely. And it's also helping me to shape, you know, okay, so what can I provide?
0: If you had to look down the road in five years, what would really just energize you if you had to think this is where you were?
1: You know, a lot of the same things that I'm doing now, it's the community piece. And then also, I mean, I would just love if I could be brought in to every single law school and have the opportunity to work directly with the law students, put together a a workshop, you know, maybe it's at the beginning of each year, maybe it's during orientation, maybe it's a couple of times a year, where the law students are actually required to attend. Because one thing that I'm also hearing is, you know, even sometimes when I'm brought into the the law schools, sometimes, you know, the event is mandatory for students, and other times it's voluntary. And I remember being a law student, a lot of the time I felt too stressed out to do the things that I kind of knew would be good for me, but I feel like, well, I'm overloaded with work. What do you mean you want, you want me to go learn how to de-stress? But you're adding something to my plate. And so I do really believe that if law schools can get serious, about providing this kind of support for their students. They need to create mandatory opportunities for the law students to learn about how they can manage their stress and their time. And so my hope is, you know, in the next couple of years that that ends up being the case that it's required for every law school to have these kinds of programs and for me to come in and and offer these workshops, offer for the entire class. And then maybe some smaller workshops to work on some more sort of fine tuning of their skills and their needs. And it would also be fantastic if I could, we could have these conversations with the law firms as well. I do think though, you know, we starting with the law students, if we can prepare them so that when they get out, they're just better set up than so many of us were when we got out. That's a huge way of just shifting the culture.
0: It's a Um, huge inroad. Absolutely. So how can people get hold of you in, in the future?
1: Sure. So I have a website, thewellnessesquire.com. You can email me, thewellnessesquire at gmail.com. And my Instagram is thewellnessesquire. And LinkedIn, I do have a business page. You can also, please, I encourage you to connect with me on there, Ariella Coleman. And I I do really love connecting with people. I'm a huge expert. So, you know, I can talk all day. Um, And I really do just love having these conversations with people and guiding them to develop wellness practices. And, you know, I do also offer some coaching if you really, you know, are looking for guidance and you don't know where to start, you know, having an accountability partner and someone to guide you through and talk you through what your next steps can be, what the baby steps are. I just love it. (laughs) So I encourage anybody who's interested to reach out.
0: Thank you very much, Ariella. It's been a real pleasure to have you on today. Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out HerLegalGlobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles, and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.